Hey, Takeover Church, thank you so much for checking out today's message, whether it's on podcast or on YouTube. We are so grateful that you are here. We pray it blesses you and encourages you and that you will like, share, and subscribe across all Takeover platforms. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday. God bless. We love you guys. First of all, my name is Matt, uh, not Matthew. I'm going to that in the name of Jesus. And uh, I know my mic is in fact on, but I don't know if you can hear me. Check one, two. Oh, hey, oh, there it is. All right. And second of all, yes, that is my absolute favorite book next to the Bible, hands down. Okay. I know that might sound heretical to some people. Why is it not hermeneutics or systematic theology or some other crap? Uh, it's great. I love all those things. They're fantastic. Absolutely. But the way Judith Smith breaks down who Jesus is, uh, I believe if you're a new believer, an old believer, if you've been around for a long time, say five minutes, five years, 50 years, however long you've been with Jesus, this will only empower your walk with Jesus. So over the next six weeks, that is a book we'll be giving away every single Sunday. So come ready to get your hands up. I know they chose somebody this morning, but uh, generally we're, we're going we're gonna to see who's hungry for it. Maybe we'll make you arm wrestle for it, uh, something. But uh, you have to arm wrestle Scott, which... Uh, Left arm right arm? Left arm. Gonna win. Gonna win. Uh, easy money right there, right? Fantastic. Well, how's everybody doing this morning? How good was worship this morning? Come on, somebody. Who's ready to bring that energy with me this morning? Come on. In the middle of worship this morning, I just had this thought come over me where I was just like, I wonder, I wonder this morning if we could be honest with each other, if we could be bold for just a second. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you what it was. But is there anybody in here this week where you just felt defeated this week? Anybody? Yeah. Maybe it was a day. Maybe it was like four days. Can you put your hands up for me real quick? Just keep them up real quick. Amazing. Is there anybody, you put it right back down, of those people who just raised their hands that in the middle of worship you felt something fall off you? Yeah. Is there anybody a little more free this morning than they were when they walked in? Come on, somebody. We're going to continue the party. Amen? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Matt McClure. I am co lead pastor with my beautiful wife here at Takeover Church. It is an honor to serve. I know we got some new people now. What's up? How you doing? Um, welcome, welcome, welcome. But this morning we are continuing a series uh, called This Is War. And This Is War is a collection of... Just messages that the Lord put on my heart that honestly, like if you have not met me or had any significant time with me yet, I think if you did, you would know that my main focus in life, aside from Jesus, which obviously he's a catalyst for this, is that freedom is the most important thing to me. I want to see you free in your marriage. I want to see you free in your finances. I want to see you free in your single season. I want to see you free on campus or at work or wherever you find yourself. I want to see you free in your purity. I want to see you free in your relationships wherever you are at. I want to see you free from your past. And so this whole series is the fact that we are declaring war on all the things that have kept us bound up, things that have kept us chained down, and things that have not released God's best for our future. Amen? Amen. Y'all ready for the Word of God? Where are my note takers at? Yo, what's up? Note takers, we love taking notes here at Takeover Church. If you're not taking notes, then you ain't taking over. Okay, so, uh, I gotta work in new material, okay? Everyone said my whole, like, getting to heaven quicker line was stupid. So, alright. If you're taking notes this morning, tell them what message is this. You ready? It's three words. Well, technically it's two words and a letter. But, I will not. I will not. Would you just turn and tell your neighbor, I will not. I will not. 
And then would you turn and ask your second choice neighbor, your second place neighbor, will you? Will you? Will you? Second place neighbor. Come on. It's okay to be second. Will you? First is the worst, second is the best, third is the one, and you know the rest. It's really good. But we're coming out of, I believe it is 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12. It's something about a polka dot dress, okay? 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 12. It'll be up here on the Sky Bible if you need it. Y'all ready? Yeah. Or, I love when a sentence starts off with or. This makes sense. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. All things are unlawful, quotation marks, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, quotation marks, but I will not be dominated by anything. Fantastic. Well, we're going to pray because I know that's a lot, but trust me, this is good news, and I'm going to tell you why. And we're going to see if the Lord will do. Sound good? Fantastic. Father God, we just thank you so much for this morning. Right now, we just put our hands up and we get out the way. We are saying, Holy Spirit, come do what you want to do. Do what you do, girl. Mess us up from the floor up. Come on, somebody. Holy Spirit, we need you this morning. We ask that you would do exceedingly above all that we can ask, dream, or imagine in this moment. We ask that right now we would just be solely focused on Jesus. We put away all distractions. God, we silence our cell phones right now. God, there is nothing more important than coming face-to-face -face with our Creator this morning. And so right now we ask that you would do what only you can do, and that's changes from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name, a faithful church said, Amen. Amen. I will not. Keep it 100 with you. I love this piece of scripture. I love 1st and 2nd Corinthians. I know, I know, I know. If you have been a Christian for any length of time, you've read this book. Most of us have read it out of context. Most of us don't understand that Paul is not writing here. The Apostle Paul, uh, he wrote most of the New Testament. He's the reason we have church the way we do today. Worship, offering, all of it. He set all of this up a long time ago. Paul's the man, okay? The, Paul, the reason we get this wrong and the reason we get confused and the reason we get offended is because we are not reading this within context. See, Paul is not writing to an unbelieving world. Paul is writing to Christians. Paul is writing to people who have claimed that they will lay down their lives, less of me, more of him, and take up following the way, being followers of Jesus, being Christians, being the church, and therefore will then begin to live a life that says... No, 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 how I was doing things was wrong. God has better for me over here. It's called repentance. And so for a lot of us, we read this wrong. We get offended. We get in our head, and we're like, whoa, Paul, that was harsh. God, I can't believe you put that in there. Like, that is so for real, for real. Like, you trying to get me to go without this and go without that. And, like, you know your boy, and I'm out here, and I'm trying to get honey's numbers. And, like, you were just asking me to go without a lot. And we read that, but we don't understand that Paul, again, he's not writing to an unbelieving world. He is writing to people who have met Jesus. Right. He's writing to people who have been endowed with the Holy Spirit. And I love this because, I love this portion of Scripture because Paul, if you look at it again from face value, this looks pretty harsh. This looks like he's having a pretty frank conversation with the Corinthians at the moment. Right. But, but what he's listing right now is the fact that there are things that you are doing. There are things that you've allowed. There are things that you have given permission to in your life that you were once 
freed from. He is just putting it all out there on the line. And he is saying to the church in Corinthians, yo, you struggled with this, but you were washed. You struggled with this, but you were sanctified. You are fighting some battles right now that you were once justified from. You were once purified from. You were once set free from. You are fighting battles that you have chosen to go back into. Why are you going back into battles that I have already set you free from? Yeah. So I love this portion of scripture because as most preachers will tell you, well, at least I hope they would, we've gotten this wrong. We've gotten this wrong. Because if you read that without saying quotations, then you're missing the part where Paul is actually mocking them. He's mocking them. And I know it sounds harsh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's mocking these pastors and these leaders. He's not. What he's, what he's saying is, the reason he's mocking them is he's saying, like, you have said this. But it's this. So if you look on the screen right here, if we bring up verse 12 again, right here, there's quotation marks. All things are lawful for me. He is quoting what the leaders of this Corinthian church has done. Johan, Deanna, it's good to see you guys. Love you so much. But he's quoting them. He's quoting them. And he's saying, dude, what are you guys doing? I came through. I helped you start this church. We got all these converts. All these great things are going on. Like God was moving. And then you just decided because grace is so sufficient and grace is so good that you can treat God like an extra sketch and get away with it. You might get a get out of, uh, get out of hell free card, but Jesus is less interested in getting a hell out of free card and getting you freedom now. Amen. Jesus is far less interested because he would rather you not just be free from hell. Hell, but he'd rather you be free from hell on earth. He wants to bring heaven to Grand Rapids through you, and he needs to free people to do it. Yeah. It's the same thing Paul's saying. He's saying, you say, all things are lawful for me. Yeah. All things are lawful for you. You could go and murder somebody. Yes, and God would forgive you. Jesus has already held it against himself on the cross. He's not going to hold it against you. But that doesn't mean that we can abuse grace. That doesn't mean that there's not consequences. That doesn't mean there's not bondage attached to it when you decide to go back. And Paul, he is pleading with them. He is saying, you say, all things are lawful for me. But he says, not all things are helpful for me. Yeah. That's it. Not all things are helpful for me. There might be grace for the stronghold, but that doesn't mean it's God's best for you to remain there. There might be grace for the stronghold, but that doesn't mean it's God's best for you to go back to it. There might be grace, but that doesn't mean there's not freedom available to you right, right. now. Yeah, that's good. What God is offering us is the same thing I believe that all Christians deal with today. I believe so many of us, we, are, we wrestle with flesh and blood, but that's not even where our fight is like we read about last week. The reason we keep going back into these things are because of temptation or because of our fallen nature. There are things that are just drawing us back into what was comfortable. The reason it's comfortable is because it was routine. And when it was routine, it was habitual. And here we are. We are pathological adulterers and pathological liars and pathological sex addicts and all of these things. And it's just comfortable to go back to it. But there is actual freedom available to you. So Paul is going. You say... You told your church. You didn't just, you didn't just, oh, you just didn't open the door 
to freedom. You opened the door to bondage. You've told your church that now that they, they believe all things are lawful, you believe that you are just opening the doors to freedom, but what you really are is welcoming in bondage into your church. True freedom is found in the guardrails of God. Amen. True freedom is found in the boundaries of God. Amen. Boundaries are a blessing. Guardrails are a blessing. We can quit calling them guardrails, or we can just call them Godrails, because they keep us in the lane we need to be in, and they will bless your life. Yeah. Because when you decide to say that all things are lawful for me, yeah, culture, do what you want. Sleep with who you want, however many times you want. Then swipe left and forget about it. Freedom. And while you're at it, there's no shame in this house. This is a shame off you, church. I'm just pointing out some things. Because in our culture, it goes, yeah, all things are lawful for you. It's totally cool. Have all the sex you want right now with who you want, where you want. And then you know what? Don't even worry about tomorrow. There is a plan B pill for that. Don't even worry about it. All things are lawful. He's a good God, isn't he? He'll forgive. He will. But he'll also empower you not to have to go back to those chains. Right. He'll empower you not to go back to where life is so unmanageable that you need another drink to get through the day. Right. Paul says, what I believe is one of the biggest things in Christianity today that we are absolutely missing. And it's wild because we were absolutely missing it back then. Mm -hmm. As he goes back and he helps the ante. First he says, not all things are helpful. Well, I think we can agree with that. Murder, not helpful. We can agree with that. Gambling addiction, probably not healthy. Alcohol addiction, probably not healthy. Sex, let's not touch that one because I enjoy it. All these things, like, if we just make excuses and we pick and choose what we want because somebody has told us that there is an allowance for it. So Paul, to kind of put the hammer down, he says this. He says, all things are lawful for me. Again, quotation. That's what you're saying right now. Culture, politics, left, right, all the rubbish, internet, Twitter, Tumblr, shut up. Okay? Facebook, what is it? Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, all of them. All things are lawful for me. And Paul says, you say all things are lawful for you. But I will not. Somebody say, I will not. I will not. No, say it with your chest with some conviction this morning. I will not. I will not. I will not be dominated by anything. Oh, I wish there were some Christians in this place right now that would just get a spirit of I am unwilling to be dominated by anything. There's one thing that can dominate me on this earth and that is the Holy Spirit that is inside of me. I will not be dominated by drugs. I will not be dominated by sex. Adultery, you will no longer dominate my life. All of these things. Culture, you're not going to dominate me. Politics, you're not going to dominate me. Sickness, you're not going to dominate me. My old thief Past, you're not going to dominate me. Shame. You sure as heck ain't going to dominate me. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? You say all things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. And the reason I wanted a culture of a church to get this message on the inside of them, just to get this conviction on the inside of them that it says, I will not be dominated by anything. Because if you just decide that you will not be dominated by anything, you will not go back to what God has already rescued you from. 
There's a reason that Genesis and so many other times in the Bible, God tells you, you have dominion. Why? Because you were made to dominate. You have dominion over the dark because you were made to dominate the dark. You were not made to be dominated. You were made to dominate. You were not made to be in bondage. You were, you were made to bound and loose on earth what is free in heaven. Amen. You were made to dominate the dark. I wonder, I wonder this morning how many of us, how many of us, if we just got this conviction on the inside of us, these three words could change our lives if we just decided, I'm not going to be dominated by that anymore. I'm not going to lay down for guilt the way that I used to. I'm not going to lay down for my past the way that I used to. Depression? I'm not laying down for you. Fear? I'm not going to trust in some unknown reality other than my known God. I will not be dominated by fear. Adultery? I will not be dominated. You can't have my marriage. Enemy that wants my soul, I will not be dominated by you. You can't have it. It's already been purchased. It's off the shelf. This ain't clearance. Come on. Substances. I got an itch. I need a cure. Praise God for Jesus. I will not be dominated. So many of us, so many of us, and I know, I know that this is hitting home right now because a lot of us, we've lived in this place. We've lived in a place of domination. We have. We want so desperately to be free. It's the whole reason we're in church, amen? Because we met Jesus and he offered us freedom. And once you've actually experienced it, you don't want to go back. But something happens, whether it's conversations with people who used to judge you and you live in the shadow of it. Maybe you're just super lonely one night and you just kind of feel like, you know, maybe the, the enemy or the powers of darkness that be in this world are just kind of preying on you. Maybe you've been lonely and you're watching all of the wrong things on Netflix that are just making you wish you had a significant other. It's not that they're inherently evil, it's just that it's reminding you of what you don't have and you start questioning God. There's some people who, who've had adultery, who've had an affair that has dominated their life because every single minute of their work day, they're not thinking about their spouse, they're thinking about the side piece. Every single moment when they're with their kids, they're not thinking about their kids and their family, training up in the ways of God, they're thinking about the next time they can be with their side piece. They're at work, and they're not thinking about the quotas and the deadlines. They're thinking about getting out of work and the excuse they're going to tell their wife or their husband. That's why they're late. But you don't have to be dominated. Some of us, we've been so dominated with our over-sexualized culture where we've made sex the preeminent arrival place where this is just the best thing. Once you've had sex, once you are having sex, once you're racking up all the girls and all the guys, and it's like this arrival point. 
But really, sex is just a byproduct of stewarding intimacy with God and another person well. It's a marriage. But the problem is, the problem is, is that we didn't do it that way. And so since we took God's best, we put it in a different context. Suddenly we live a dominated life. Some of us, we have such an unmanageable life without alcohol or without some sort of substance. Where we live day to day, literally hour to hour, minute to minute, just thinking about when we can have the next drink, when we can take the edge off, because we live in such a place full of anxiety and worry, and we're tripping out, and we're freaking out, and we're always nervous, and we're thinking about these things constantly. We're dominated by our thought life. We're dominated with temptation, and we just live absolutely flat out on our back for something that was never designed and never given permission other than ourselves to rule over us. And we have found ourselves in this dominated place. Even good things. Some of us, you're dominated because you're single and all you think about is how you don't have a boyfriend. Yeah. Keeping it in a buck today, right? We're going to be honest about it. We're going to be honest about it. Some of us, we have found our identity in something that's so good and so awesome that God is going to benefit your life. But if you were called to a single season, guess what, checkmate? You're called to a single season. And that's okay because that's where God's best is found. Where it's not found is in the anxiety and in the confusion and the shame and all of these things, these burdens that you carry around. That God's like, if you were just walking in the season I've called you to, you wouldn't have any of this. Right. You got all this dumped on you because you decide to shoot for something that I haven't called you for yet. Let me bring him along. Let me bring her along. I'll do the heavy lifting. I just need you to do the silent abiding. Oh, bye. Oh, bye. I feel like oh, bye is like Obama and Joe Biden together. It's like, oh. like they did the fusion games. Oh, bye. Oh, bye. But this is what Paul is saying. He's going, you've made it all lawful. You've made it lawful to, to, to enter and live in a place of a thirst trap when I have called the rain to come at a specific time. You're trying to do all of these things and get money how you can. You're stealing. You're doing all these things and lying about it. But I said, I'm going to provide all of your needs. According to my riches and glory, Christ Jesus, amen, right over here. But you are taking it into your own reins. You have opened up the church doors. You have decided that you think this will actually bring you freedom. You'll have more freedom with, with, with more of this. You'll have more freedom with a guy. You'll have more freedom in this area. You'll have more freedom if you just did this. I mean, why else do you do adultery? Why? Because you're free. At least that's what the world will tell you. What you're opening the door for, you're trying to open the door to freedom, what you really are opening the door for is bondage. Yep. Paul says, I will not be dominated. I will not. Such conviction, such certainty. Paul, who used to kill Jews, who used to, no, kill Christians, was you, kill Christians. Paul, who did some heinous things who committed some serious crimes in the name of Jewish law. Paul now saying, nah. And we know he was single. I'm not going to be dominated by that. Am I lonely? Yeah. 
Am I designed for human intimacy? Yeah. I will not be dominated by it. Amen. So Paul, in this letter, he's writing to the Corinthians. I love it. Because in the beginning, he lists some pretty heavy things, right? We, we said some pretty heavy things there, right? Adultery, sex, homosexuality, uh, drunkard, uh, all of them, uh, swindler, thievery, all of these things. He laid it all out there, and then he says this. He says this key word. He said, and some of you were these things. And then he goes, but you were washed. Right. You were washed. I wonder. I wonder what our lives would look like. I wonder what our battles would look like if we are going to declare warfare. Friends, can I tell you this morning? Can I tell you this morning if we're going to declare warfare on the things that are bound and the things that are chaining us to a past and to a future destiny that is on a, tra a fast track to hell, if we are going to fight these things and say, I declare war on this, this means war. This is war. I want freedom and nothing short of it. If that is going to be the posture and the conviction of our hearts and the call of God on our lives. Friends, we are never going to defeat what we do not declare war on. Amen. We are never going to defeat what we do not declare war on. Some of us, when we're in those moments of temptation, do you know what the most healthy thing that you could do in that moment? Is you can take a page of the Apostles Paul book and you can go, you're lonely, feeling like sex would be a good idea right now. God says it's not a good idea right now. <laughs> when the temptation comes on, you sat there and you pause and you go, yeah, I was addicted to sex, but now I'm washed. Mm -hmm. And you just put that on notice. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. You let the devil know rent is due. You let temptation go. You don't get to live in my head rent-free. Not today, amen. You know what? It would be a good idea to call up. Call up that girl I used to sleep with at work. That'd be a great idea. Except I've been washed. You know, that drink at Applebee's with the girls really would come in handy right now. I mean, they don't love Jesus, and of course it's not going to be the most beneficial thing for my soul, but man, I would freaking need a drink. Except I've been washed. Man, I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely. I'm a part of a church, and everyone's oh, different ages. I see young people and married people, and people are engaged, and I'm just like... Here I am, Lord, send me. You know, I'm quoting Isaiah to try and bend God's arm. Like, Here I am, Lord, send me. It's marriage. Uh, he's like, yeah, I'm trying to send you to the mission field um, for single people. And we're just saying, I want it. I need it. I'm going to be on every dating app. I'm going to go on dates. I'm not going to consult anybody about it. I'm going to go on my Lone Ranger thing. The problem with the Lone Ranger is a Lone Ranger is a dead ranger. It's why you need accountability. It's why you need people in your life. And when this temptation rises and you find yourself not trusting God with your relationships or lack thereof, well, then you need to sit there and you need to pause and you need to go, but not washed. Right. Yeah. I used to find my security in men, but now I find it in the Son of God. Mm -hmm. 
I used to find my security in drugs, in my provision, and stealing. But now I am sanctified. He, Paul is saying, you were these things. Big word, you were. Christ has rescued you. Why do you want that battle back? Why do you want to go back to it like a dog that returns to its vomit? You are called to be a son and a daughter of the Most High God. You only go forward. You don't have to go backwards. You only excel. You don't have to stall out. Why are you doing this? Could it be? Could it be? That we are so comfortable in our sin, so comfortable in our past, so comfortable in what God has rescued us from. The second we begin to follow Jesus, we no longer even acknowledge His existence. There's a reason I think we fall into these traps. It's because we decide to not acknowledge it. Friends, can I tell you, the devil is not scared of negligence. Negligence has never made the enemy run and flee. Negligence has never got temptation to go away. Negligence has never turned off porn. Negligence has never deleted the, the, the dating apps on your phone. Negligence is the quickest way to spiritual homicide. Yes. Good. Is this good this morning? I feel like maybe I'm just saying some heavy things. And I'm, no, it's good, dude. We can talk about lighter things. Alright, let's go to Leviticus. No, I'm Friends, so many of us, we live in this place of being dominated and we have existed from beat down to beat down instead of breakthrough to breakthrough. Friends, we have lived in a place where we have just been flat out on our backs. The enemy has run rampant on our lives. The culture in our world has run rampant on our lives. We have nothing but fruit that looks like this world and zero fruit that looks like heaven. And you might have some fruit that looks like heaven in some areas while you are being dominated in other ones. And this is a place where Jesus says, a house divided against itself cannot stand. We have got to make a decision and we got to decide no longer will I be dominated. But it's hard. And just like we talked about last week. Well, if you quit the battle before it begins, then you will live a life of underdevelopment. And when you are underdeveloped, you are ill-equipped for the battle. And when you are ill-equipped for the battle, you will live beat down to beat down instead of breakthrough to breakthrough. I'm preaching to anybody this morning. You see, quitting too early will kill you faster than the devil will. Quitting will cost you nothing now, but you will pay for everything later. So when temptation comes, you've got to find a way to fight it. You've got to find a way to battle back. Somebody just say, battle back. Because he's not going to quit. We know the enemy has given us this battle plan. John 10, 10. He's like, yo, I have come to steal from you. I'm going to kill you. And then I'm going to destroy you. What? What does that mean? I'm going to take everything you got now. I'm going to leave you for dead. And I'm going to make sure everybody knows about your failure. Destroy your reputation of standing with man. Negligence will always lead to homicide when it comes to spiritual battles. But when we're going through it, do you know what won't lead to homicide? Acknowledgement. We live in a world right now where everyone just wants to avoid. And we talked about it last week. Avoidance isn't freedom. Avoidance is bondage. Okay, it just has a really nice name. All right, I'm going to avoid this person, avoid this place, all these things. Because, but there's still no freedom because you're, you can't operate fully here. You can't operate fully here. You live in bondage, okay? 
Avoidance is not freedom. It is bondage. Jesus has better things for you. But see, we don't want to acknowledge things. We don't want to acknowledge our past. We don't want to acknowledge our history. We don't want to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, we, we do live a thirsty life and we do have a problem with identity and we do have a problem being alone. So we'd rather put on a face. But the problem with putting on a face is that it's negligence and it leads to homicide. <laughs> nah, I got a coke problem. Good. So good. I'm so good. No, I don't have a cheating problem. One of these is going to hit, right? I've said something on my phone. But we don't want to acknowledge it. We live in a world that we feel like when we acknowledge something, it gives power to something. No, 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 no. When you acknowledge it, it takes the power away from it. We think that we're going, oh, it gives us some strange power over me when I just decide to name it. I'm sorry. You cannot fight an enemy that you don't know that you're fighting. If you refuse to call it out for what it is, you will not defeat it. If you cannot declare war on it, it will defeat you. You gotta be able to acknowledge it so you can call it out of the darkness. You gotta be able to acknowledge it so you can plead the blood of Jesus over it. You've gotta be able to acknowledge it if you're gonna walk out your dominion over it, okay? You were never made to be dominated. You were only made to dominate, amen? But you cannot dominate what you cannot name. You see, the devil, he gave us his plan. And when you decide that I will not be dominated by anything, I am washed. I am purified. I am sanctified. I am the son of the most high God. When you decide these things, well, the devil can't kill what sees him coming. The devil can't kill what sees him coming. The devil can't steal from what plans for him to try it? The devil cannot steal from that which plans for him to try it. The devil, he cannot destroy, no matter what he says, that which he did not create. The devil cannot destroy that which he did not create. He cannot kill, he cannot steal, and he cannot destroy your future unless you allow him to. So many of us, we're just sick and tired of being dominated, but we don't really know what to do with that. And I want to help you out with that today by saying we are going to be a church, we are going to be a people, we are going to be individuals where we are going to declare war because we are not interested in spiritual malpractice and negligence that leads to homicide. We will be the one true rulers of our future and it will not be the devil. You've already claimed my past. I'm not letting you claim my future. That is for my God. But what do we do with that? Because this is good, right? This is exciting. This is this is fantastic. Like these are these are great. Uh, these are great excitement. It's awesome. Gets you riled up. Yeah. I will not be dominated. I love it. But I feel like that's only medicine for those of us who aren't currently living in a place of defeat. So what do we do? What do we do when we feel dominated, defeated, and depleted? What do we do when this has been our existence for 30 years? 
What do we do when this has been our last five years? We had a, a terrible relationship. Everybody got my name, got smeared, got drugged through the mud. My reputation sucks. I am literally and figuratively broken. I don't know what to do with my future. Like, I feel like I am just living at the beat-down Motel 8 in Defeat City, USA on continent. I can't even right now. Like, what do I do? Has anybody been there? Because I have. I have. Because we're near that place of, of beat down. How many know it's a lot easier not to care? It's a lot easier just to give in to sin, give in to temptation. You're like, you know what? Hands up, devil! You win. Someone passed me the body. What do we do with that? Can I read you a piece of scripture? No. This is also Paul. He's writing to some Jews in Hebrew. He says this in Hebrews 12, 12 through 13. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. And make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. So you're feeling weak. And you feel dominated. And you feel depleted and defeated. This has just been your existence for so long. You have been a tenant. You've had permanent residency at the Beatdown Motel. This is not the Ramada. It's not even. It's not even Apple Tree. It is just Beatdown. But Paul, he puts it really eloquently. He says, "If you're already in this place." And no amount of convincing or rah-rah speeches or great preaching is going to get you out of it. There is one thing to do. There is one medicine for what ails you. There is one medicine when you are living in a place of defeat. Whether you want to acknowledge it or admit it or not, there is one thing. And Paul, he says in this first sentence, he says, lift your drooping hands. What do you mean, Paul? You mean I need to go to church? Yeah, I'm telling you, you need to get your butt to church. You need to check out of that motel as soon as you can. You need to check yourself in to take over church Grand Rapids right now. I don't want to. They don't. I don't want them to know what I am or what I was or, or what I'm probably going to be after service. And Paul's saying, it doesn't matter how you show up. It matters that you show up. That's why he says drooping hands. You're beat up. It's a hospital. Mm-hmm. You're discouraged. There's encouragement. You're running dry. There is living water and his name is Jesus. We have it available to you. I don't care what you look like in worship. Beautiful on Instagram or messed up and torn up from the floor. I come with all your jacked upness. Come with all your dirty. Come with everything that you've been. Because once you lift your drooping hands, it begins this process. 
defeated, I don't care. Just lift your hands. It doesn't matter what the person to your right or to your left thinks about how your hands are, what you look like when you come in, how you smell when you came in, whether you got alcohol in your breath or weed in your coat, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Lift your drooping hands. All right, that's yeah. all right, that's good. If you are feeling weak, if you are feeling defeated, how many of you know it doesn't just stop there? God never just gives you a commandment. He tells you what's going to happen when you follow it. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Because what God's trying to convey in the scriptures is this next part. Paul says, lift your drooping hands. You come as jacked up as you are. It's okay. Man, I can barely stand. I can't even fight this battle anymore. I'm thinking about taking my own life. I deal with suicide, anxiety, and worry, and I've been entertaining thoughts right now of just driving off the side of the road or in the incoming traffic or there's some battle in these thoughts. And I don't know, I just don't think I'm going to win. You don't have to win. God's already won for you. Now lift your drooping hands. Yeah, good. Because what's going to happen when you lift your drooping hands? This is the next part that Paul says, and strengthen your weak knees. You see, here as Christians, especially in West Michigan, because we love our processes and we love giving five things to do and how to get there, I can achieve it, yay, goals. We love it, we do. Problem is, this isn't something that you can't achieve on your own. It's not about you, it's about Him. It's not about your achievements, it's about your obedience, amen? This is about what He can do, not what you can do. Hence the reason He sent Jesus to the cross. When we read this scripture, we see it as this, as the American church. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. Like, so you better, you better lift your drooping hands, girl, and you need to fix your weak knees. That's what we hear. Stand up straight. Put on a posture. Put together. Winning at life. Great Christian. Marriage is never terrible. You got all the money you need, and you are living the dream. No. What the scripture is actually saying, what God is conveying through how Paul wrote it, if you read it, he says, Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. The strengthening of your weak knees is a byproduct of you lifting your hands. No matter how you come, no matter how jacked up or broken you may be, no matter how defeated you've been, you've been going 15 rounds with your sex addiction for the last 15 years, and you feel like you don't got any fight left because you ain't got much soul left. Well, I'm telling you, you serve the God of revival, amen? And when you begin to lift your drooping hands, He will strengthen your weak knees. That is who He is. We would have wrote a song about it. Waymaker, weak knee strengthener. But it doesn't sound good. But it is good. That's how I would have wrote it. It would have been dumb that Amy would have had to change it because he's great. And things like that, which happened already. But how many of you know the goodness of God doesn't stop there? Yes. Because when you're in that defeated, that depleted, that jacked up place where you just live in a perpetual existence of losing, all you are doing is taking L's and catching L's. The devil is just firing everything at you. Your temptation, your own fallen nature 
Sometimes we give the devil too much credit. Sometimes it's just our own brokenness that holds us back. It's our own brokenness that decides if we dip back into those old behaviors. Sometimes we don't even need demons or devils or anybody else to attack us. We are our biggest enemy ourselves. We give them too much credit. We do. Sometimes it's just, I'm lonely. And when I used to be lonely, I used to go, you know, hook up with somebody. It's not my new nature. It's just kind of second nature to me. And then once your resistance runs dry and you've been beat down so many times and you're just in that perpetual place of defeat, well, it gets a lot easier to give back into, doesn't it? But with this scripture, with what God is describing about himself and about you, you want to get back to that place of just declaring, devil, I will not be dominated. Matt McClure, I'm going to look at myself in the mirror today, you'd be like, you freaking idiot, I will not be dominated by you. Why? Because I'm a spirit that has a body and my body's an idiot. I will not be dominated by you, Matt McClure. Your brokenness, your fracture self-identity, your body issue stuff, I will not be dominated by you. So how do we get there? Lift your drooping hands, which will strengthen your knees. And then what does Paul say next? He says, and make straight paths for your feet. Again, you're going to look at this and you're going to go, I got to strengthen up these knees and strap up my bootstraps and I got to do, 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 do. And God's going, no, 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 no. You just got to worship me. Because yeah. I'm going to give you strength in your weak knees. And then you know what I'm going to do after that? Once you have enough strength to stand for yourself, once you have enough strength for the battle, once you have enough strength to go back into fighting for your future and what I have called you to do, guess what I'm going to do for you because I am so good. I'm going to make your path straight. Yeah. I'm going to make your path straight. You've been broken. You've been defeated, which has caused you to wait and go left and go right and zigzag here and zigzag there. And you've been going all around and not following what I have said is best for your life. You've gone back to adultery even though you were washed. You've gone back to stealing even though you were sanctified. You've gone back to sex even though I purified you. You went back to lying. Wherever you've been. You went, all things are permissible. All things are lawful. You went back to making an allowance for bondage to have a way in your life. But you know what I'm going to do, Scott? I'm going to fix your knees. And then I'm going to give you a straight path to walk. Because it gives a call of God in your life, they are irrevocable. You can forfeit them the best that you can. But when you start worshiping me, I'm going to set you back on that path. Your actions, you might try and forfeit your marriage, but you start lifting your drooping hands, I'm going to, add, I'm going to give you strength to fight for your marriage, and I'm going to make your path straight for your marriage. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. Come on. He's going to do it. So many of us, we live a life where we've just been dominated. But you were not designed to be dominated by adultery. You were designed to dominate in your marriage. And no, I don't mean in our weird world cultural dominating your spouse and some dude on Twitter is going to be like Twitter fingering us after service. The pastor said, dominate your marriage. No, I mean dominate. Have dominion. Fight for it. Go at it with everything that you have on the inside of you, which is the Holy Spirit. It's not God, guts, and glory. It's just God. And I need you to fight for your purity. You don't have to be dominated by it. 
You don't have to be dominated by sex. That's why we have a porn-free group. Because you don't have to open the gateway to the rest of this stuff. There is a path available to you. And if you're already feeling beat down to beat down, he can heal, he can restore, and he can make new. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? You've got to dominate it. Man, we've given these things that God called us to rule over when He created humanity. He gave you the earth. It's not just Adam, and it wasn't just Eve. They fall on through it away, but Jesus restored it. This place is yours. Do what God made you to do. Accomplish what God called you to accomplish. And do it in dominating fashion. Why? Because shame was never allowed to dominate you before. Once you've met Christ, it sure can now. Yeah. He's going to make your path straight. But friends, worship team, you can make your way up here. Friends, how many you know? There's always more with God. There is always more with God. I'm not preaching to anybody. Yeah. Well, how does it get better than that? You tell me all I got to do is worship. That seems way too easy. Because we're in West Michigan and uh, you know, legalism just runs rampant. You tell me I don't gotta work. You tell me I don't gotta try and earn it. You tell me I don't need to just get a million self-help books and figure out a way to overcome this on my own. You can't overcome it on your own. That's why we have Jesus. But with him, you can overcome anything. Yeah. And so Paul, he says, lift your drooping hands. Just lift them. Even if all the strength you got left is just enough to get your shoulders in the air, lift your drooping hands. Get ready to receive, is what he is saying. Get ready to receive your strength for your knees to stand, to fight, to march on. Get ready to receive a fresh, straightened path for everything that I've called you to, everything that I've given you, everything that I've made you and designed you to be. You want the God's best marriage that you can have? Get ready to receive it. Lift your dripping hands. You want freedom from alcohol addiction? Get ready to receive it. Lift your dripping hands. I am going to provide strength for the fight, and I'm going to give you a straight path to victory, but it doesn't stop there. Because if all God did was ask you for worship so that He could give you something, so that you could strengthen your knees and then walk a path, what stops you from winding up right back where you were? Broken and defeated and checked in as Dwayne The Rock Johnson says, the Smackdown Hotel. What stops you from going back? That you wouldn't be a very good God if He just did everything else for you but didn't have a way to heal it. He wouldn't be a very good God if He just brought you to a place of partial, re partial restoration and instead of total restoration. Amen. He didn't go to the cross for partial freedom. He went to the cross for total freedom. Amen. Complete freedom. Amen. This thing is not about being partially free and half dead. It's about freedom, freedom, freedom. As the day is long, I'm preaching to anybody. So what is it, Matt? So that what is lame 
may not be put out of joint, but rather healed. You see, friends, you know when you're walking in freedom when you have order in your life. You know that you're walking in freedom when you have order in your life. I don't want to just be a people that proclaim freedom. I want to be a people that live freedom. I don't want to be a people that proclaims freedom. I want to be a people that exemplifies freedom. I want freedom to be the standard of those who call Takeover Church home because we are not going to settle for less. We will dominate in every field. And what God says here is those broken areas, those out of order those out-of-joint areas in your life, we're not going to allow that to remain out of order. We're not going to allow that brokenness on the inside of you. You got identity issues where you just can't fathom being alone? We're going to put that back in order. You got issues with sex? Well, we're going to put that back in order. That will not remain out of joint. It will be healed. You got issues with identity and shame and who you used to be? Well, who you used to be was left in that tomb of Jesus. And when he rolled the stone away, he put it back and left your past in it. We're going to put it back in order. So this morning, as we go back into worship, this is going to be our prayer. This is going to be our conviction. If you were in a place right now, or you haven't been living defeated. You've been, those of us that are just living in awesome freedom right now, we're going to make this our declaration that I will not be dominated by anything. Friends, if I just open the door to anything and everything from Matt McClure, I would not be married. I would not be the lead pastor of this church. I would probably not know Jesus. I would be the most immoral human being you've ever met. Doing drugs, being wild, and driving my car off the side of a cliff. Why? Because it looks like freedom. But it's certain death. And if you're in this place, or maybe your life has looked a little bit like that. Maybe you took the guardrails off. Maybe boundaries. You cast them aside because you didn't think they were a blessing. Maybe you're just in a place of perpetual defeat and you don't know how to get out of it. This is your moment. If you would stand up with me, we're going to go in the last song of worship. It's my heart, it's my call, it's my conviction, it's my charge to you tonight, this morning, that you would begin to lift your drooping hands. It doesn't matter about the person to your left or to your right. It doesn't matter about the shame or judgment you felt from others before. This is a moment between you and God where you can literally have your strength back and more. You can literally have a straight path to victory once again. You can literally have what is out of joint and what is sick and what is broken and what is lame and can be healed and what is out of order 
put back in order. True freedom is found in the order of heaven. And that's available to you this morning. You don't have to leave here with shame. You don't have to leave here with guilt. You don't have to leave here with the same chains that maybe you walked in in. You don't have to. It can die here today. It can be healed here today. And you can be sanctified. And you can be purified. And you can be washed once again. Does anybody want to receive that today? <laughs>